in light of what we face today, with the leaking of the Supreme Court seemingly decision on the subject of abortion, I want to pay tribute, first of all, to some folks that minister to pregnant women day in and day out, encouraging them to give birth to that child, to love that child, to care for that child if they can. But if not, they lead them to understand that there are godly people willing, waiting to adopt that child into their home and to raise them and provide for them. I'm thankful that we are part of that ministry by the support that we give and partner with First Choice. There are other ministries in our community that offer similar services and ministry. But I want to thank them and acknowledge them today in the light of protesters at some of the Catholic churches around the nation today who are against making abortion illegal again. Not necessarily making it illegal, but making it something that's just not offered readily. We have one of our own that serves at First Choice, Rachel Gordon. Rachel, thank you for your ministry there and your work. Thank you for what your ministry that you work with, what they offer to the women in this region and for the number of babies' lives that have been saved because of that ministry. I am very thankful for all of you mothers who made the right choice. And we stand today and sit today as a testimony of your wonderful choice. I'm going to give the opportunity for three people to give a less than two-minute tribute to their mother, First of all, and I want them to come up here so that it can be on Facebook, and if their mother is not able to be here today, that they can say, go to Facebook and hear what I said, Mama. But first of all, someone whose mother is no longer alive here, someone whose mother's gone on to be with Jesus, if that person would just stand, one, just come right on up here and give your tribute to your mother. Is there one? I'm not going to wait all day. We're going to move on. Thank you. Brother Tim. My mother passed away when she was 39 years old. I was 15. But here's what I remember about my mom. When I would come in from school, we lived in a trailer. Her bedroom was in the very back. I couldn't tell you the number of times that I walked in my house and I heard my mama in the back bedroom on her knees praying for her three kids. If it wasn't for my little mama that weighed 98 pounds, had an eighth grade education, 
but she knew Jesus. And that's what she imparted to her kids. I'm so thankful. I can't wait to get to heaven to see mom. Now someone whose mother is still alive uh, and you'd like to give tribute to her. Going once. Thank you. Sarah Beth, bless your heart. There's only one reason I'm here. Of course, it's obvious, Mom, but I wouldn't do public speaking for anyone except for her. Um, she married my dad with the statement that said, I'm sorry, the doctors have told me we cannot have children. And um, surprise, I'm the oldest of four, but my mama served us and led us to Christ through child evangelism. But she served this church from my earliest memory. She was here with sunbeams, with Sunday school, teaching BBS until she was 79. And she's left us a legacy that will be really hard to fill. And I'm just really thankful for her. Now, someone under the age of 18 who would like to share about your mom and pay a tribute to her. Hard to be that one, isn't it? I want to say that my mom, she's been through a lot um, medically, and she means a lot to me, and, and I love her. April, would you stand? That's her mama. <laughs> well, if you didn't talk today, it's your own fault. You didn't get up quick enough, all right? I didn't come out very well with what I was saying while ago about the Supreme Court decision, but I want you to know I firmly stand on the right side of that, that every life is precious. Every baby is created by God and has the right to live. And God, no telling what God wants to do in the life of that child if allowed to come to the world and uh, to live. And thank you. Uh, stand firm, folks. Stand firm. Okay. Today is a special day. Today when we all honor our mothers and, of course, we should honor our moms every day of the year by the way we live and uh, by the things that we would say to her and about her. But there are three godly women who have greatly impacted my life. And today I want to take just a few minutes to honor them and to tell of their love, their untiring ministry for me in my life and the spiritual impact that they've had in my life. 
First of all would be my wonderful, nurturing, caring mother, Betty Parker Evans. She knew how to make a dollar's worth of anything seem like it was a hundred dollars worth. She was the most considerate woman I've ever known, always providing for others before herself. She loved me and my two sisters, Bonnie and Kathy, with a selfless sacrifice to provide us with all we needed and much more than we deserved. She cooked every day, every day. Cleaned the house every day, every day, and I can still see her walking through the house and seeing a speck of dust on the floor and going and picking it up with her damp finger. She played with us in the yard and beat us most of the time. She took us with her, with her nearly everywhere she went. She taught us to love Jesus. And she taught us to put others before ourselves. She always set an example before us and was always our encourager, especially when we failed to reach the goal that we had set. She never complained about her weekly budget for food and household items of being only $20. And somehow, and that's the truth, but somehow she made that $20 worth of groceries look like $200 when she cooked it. She was there for our friends as well as for us. I remember one occasion where I was there with one of my friends, and he was sort of from a stoic family and just a little goody-goody two-shoes, you know. And he was sitting over there right prim and pop proper, and my mother had been kidding with us a little bit. And she walked through with her hand behind her and walked right by me and brought her hand out and put shaving cream right in my face. I jumped up and grabbed that can of shaving cream, and I put it in my mother's face. And he's over there. To which my mother responded with a mouthful of shaving cream in his face. But she loved our friends, and she was always there for us and with us. The greatest thing was her example of loving Jesus. She never sent us to church. She took us every Sunday. I will never forget overhearing her talking to a blind lady in our church, Mrs. Pope. And she told Mrs. Pope she wanted me to, her to pray for her son, Ricky. She said, Miss Pope, Ricky hadn't been saved, and I want him to be saved, and I'm praying for him to be saved. Would you pray for him? To which Miss Pope immediately responded and grabbed my mother's hand and started praying. I didn't know how to respond. I was nearby. They didn't either one know I was listening, but I went outside and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me. And the next Sunday morning, Jesus got a hold of my heart and I was saved. My mother would not rest until all three of her children came to faith in Christ, and we all are children of God today. She's in heaven this morning, 
She's not there because of any goodness she did, but she's there because of Jesus, whom she trusted as her Lord and Savior. Wow, what a godly woman she was and is. Secondly is a woman named Catherine Fuquay. Y'all have never heard of her. You probably never heard me speak of her. She was a second mom to me, especially while I was a single airman all the way through staff sergeant in the Air Force. She was the secretary at our church where I served as part-time youth director. And she and her husband, Ed, and their teenage daughter, Diane, took me into their home as though I was a part of the family. Diane looked at me as her older brother, and Ed and Catherine looked at me as their adopted son. I went to their home every evening. Now, you imagine that. Some guy coming to your home every evening and eating dinner. Even when she had not cooked dinner for Ed and Diane, I would walk in and she'd cook me something to eat. I could see them, them now, the way they stared at me when I got the food. That wasn't often, but she cared and she ministered to me as a young man, single man. She helped me grow. She didn't mind correcting me. She did not mind giving me advice. And she's been my friend and like a mother to me all the way through the years. She is in her 90s now and lives in central Florida. And we talk together on the phone several times a year. Just talked last week on the phone. She rides her bicycle every day for exercise. And she's going to outlive me. But she is a woman that God has used to impact my life. And I thank God for Catherine Fuquay. Thirdly, is a wonderful, loving, gifted, but most of all, a godly wife. Melanie is everything I could have ever dreamed of in a perfect wife and a wonderful mother to our three children. She was only 15 when I met her as a member of the Heritage Baptist Church singing in the adult choir, and I went to visit, and I Ask one of the men who had invited me to come, who is that girl in the choir? Oh, that's, that's Carl Adamson's little girl. She's not old enough for you. Well, that's what they thought. I got to be friends of the family there again. Melanie's mom cooked for me every night to eat with them. And I told them my intentions that I wanted to take Melanie out planned to marry her when she was old enough and would consent to marriage. They took it well. If you've ever been on trial, you have not been into anything like I was that evening. They knew everything about me before we got through, but they finally consented that they had seen enough in me and, and trusted me enough that I could see Melanie in a romantic way. And we were married, and Melanie was only 17 years of age, and I was 25. 
Melanie's a biblical scholar. You may not know it, but she knows the word. Studies it. Teaches a class of women every Sunday morning. She is such a reflection of her precious and spiritually mature mother that I'm awed by what she knows and her wisdom. She's the heart of our home. She taught our daughters how to be ladies, not just women. She taught our son to honor his father and how to be a gently yet, a gentle, I should say, yet strong man. As I said, I'm eight years older than her, but she far exceeds me in wisdom and having the heart of the Savior. I'm a blessed man because of my wife, Melanie. Melanie, thank you for being a wonderful mother, a godly wife, a loving wife, wonderful a caring Mimi to these two knotheads, Evan and Tristan. When we were kids, our mothers prepared food for us to eat. They turned a house that you lived in into a home. They took care of our hurts. They consoled us when we faced disappointments. Like when I went in and told my mother that this mean girl at school told me I was the ugliest thing she had ever seen. And my mother hugged me and said, why, Rick, you're not all that ugly. <laughs> Real consolation there. They cheered us on when we were trying to win. And perhaps the greatest contribution of all they instructed us about life. Proverbs says in 6, verse 20, My son, keep your father's commandments and do not forsake the law of your mother. Mothers teach us a lot about life itself. Here are a few things that most of our mamas have taught us. My mother taught me foresight. She would say to me, and I wish I could count the number of times she said, make sure you put on clean underwear. You may wind up in the, in the emergency room. Doesn't make a bit of sense to me. My mother taught me about reasoning. She'd look at me right in the face. Do you want a spanking? My mother taught me about prayer. You'd better pray that comes out of the bedspread. My mother taught me how to be contradictory. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. It's hard to do. My mother taught me about perseverance. You're going to sit there 
until every last bite on your plate has been eaten. My mother made sure I understood genetics. You're just like your daddy. None of y'all have ever heard those things, have you? Mothers. I do have a message in this. What a blessing for anyone to have a loving Christian mother, one who takes her role seriously. And I'm blessed, as many of you are, to have had such a mother who cared for her children and took the work out of being a good mother. I want us to look at a few short minutes, for a few short minutes, at a woman named Eunice found in the text this morning. I preached on this subject before. There are not a whole lot of illustrations in the Scripture of godly mothers. There are a few, and I've used, I think, every one of them through my ministry. But I want us to look this morning as she was raised in a God-fearing home and was greatly influenced, and her life was impacted by her mother, Lois. Eunice, in turn, was a huge influence on her son's life, as was also true of her mother, his grandmother. In 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to this young preacher boy named Timothy, his second letter to him, as a matter of fact. And in chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, this is what he said. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. In this particular scripture, Paul is mentioning the mother and the grandmother, but does not mention the father. We don't know why, which indicated that he either remained unconverted at their time or he had already passed away when Paul had met them, and he never mentions the father. But he talks about the mother and the grandmother. So the emphasis is that Timothy's mother and his grandmother trained him in the Christian faith and the Christian life. No doubt he told him, they told him old stories out of the Old Testament, the things of God, as well as the stories of the miracles of Jesus that they had seen or heard about and, and helped him understand the power of God at work in their lives and, and how Jesus had died on the cross for their sins and was raised from the dead after he had been buried three days and nights. And Paul greatly emphasized the impact that they had had upon Timothy's young life for him being who he was as the young preacher boy, the young Christian, but one who was ministering to the saints of God, to the people of the church. Timothy's mother and grandmother taught him the Holy Scriptures 
from the time that he was a small child, instilling in him to obey the Word of God, doing everything they could to provide him with the opportunity to learn the principles of God's Word. And Paul acknowledges that and acknowledges the impact that they have had in Timothy's life. And now he's serving the Lord, and he he encourages Timothy in both of his letters to him to remain steadfast. He encourages him to be faithful, and he does some teaching along the way to help him in his walk and in his ministry to be able to impact the lives of others. First of all, I want us to see as we look at God's Word and Paul referring to his mother and grandmother that a godly mother has an, a, a powerful influence in her children. Philippians 2.20 says, the Apostle Paul makes the following statement about Timothy. He says, there is no one like Timothy. Can you imagine Paul saying that about you? The Apostle Paul who had to stand fast and firm in all kinds of situations, who stood on the gospel regardless of the dangers that he faced, regardless of being thrown out of town, being told never to come back again, being hated and despised. He stood on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was this Paul that says about Timothy, no one is like Timothy. What was it that caused Paul to make such a commendable statement regarding his son in the faith, as he called him? The answer is found in 2 Timothy 1.5 as Paul recalls the profound influence that Timothy's mother and grandmother had in his life, such as having given testimony of in this word, and many of you, some of you have given testimony in this place this morning as I did about these ladies I spoke of. A godly mother has a powerful influence over her children. Secondly, this passage teaches us that a godly mother has a profound influence over her children. Four scholars were arguing over the different Bible translations, which one was the best. One said he, he preferred the King James Version because of its beauty and accuracy to the original language, and I would say amen to that. Another preferred the American Standard, he said, for its uh, literalism that it just is so applicable and makes the Scripture so applicable, applicable. I can't even say it, applicable in life. I get it out. Then a third man referred to the NIV because its language is contemporary, and he says, I can understand it a little better. After giving the issue plenty of thought, the fourth scholar, scholar admitted I have personally preferred my mother's translation of the Scripture. When the other scholars chuckled, he responded, Yes, she translated. You better believe she did. She translated every page of it 
in her life by the way she lived. It is the most convincing translation I ever read. What a testimony to a godly mother who lives in such a way, who loves in such a way, who provides in such a way that her children would say the most accurate and readable and understandable translation of the Word of God was fleshed out in my mother's life. Paul states in 2 Timothy 3.15, from childhood, Timothy had known the sacred writings which were able to give him the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus from his childhood. Do we understand how important that is as we've listened to this today and the testimony that Paul gives about Timothy and the impact and the influence that his mother and his grandmother had in his life because of their walk, because of their belief, and because the truth of the Word of God came out in their life every day and they taught him to be faithful and true and so impacted his life that Paul calls him his own son and tells him to be true to that faith that was introduced to him through his mother and his grandmother. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9, the Bible reminds us of our responsibility to teach our children the truths of the Scripture. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. What a responsibility, what a privilege that as parents with mothers and daddies and especially Mothers who have so many more hours with the children in the home many times than the daddy does. But the impact that you have in a child's life by sharing the Word of God, not just by reading the Word, not just by preaching it to them, but by living it out, fleshing it out. We don't do that because of what God teaches us not to do. We do this because that's what God would have us to do. Always teaching our children to walk circumspectly. Someone has said, a Christian mother's most vital task is passing the faith along. Not only by what she says, but by who she really is. I want to thank you mothers today. I want to thank you for the influence that you've had in your children and the influence that you're having. You people with, with young children today, what an awesome responsibility you have. And I want to commend you. Most of you, as I look in your faces, you're here every time the opportunity avails itself. You're in the house of God. You're serving the Lord you're praying, you're studying the Word, you're teaching them. I commend you, but please, mothers, don't ever stop doing that. Even when they get older and even when you get old and, and you feel like you have no importance, perhaps, and you don't have any impact in their life, I know, want you to know the impact of a godly mother is lifelong. It lasts and it lasts. I think it's a good lesson for all of us 
on Mother's Day that our most important mission as Christians is to be a witness to others by who we really are. To live in that way. In the marketplace, in the workplace, in the schoolhouse, on the gridiron, on the tennis court, in the band formation, at the office, on the softball team, to live in such a way that our lives reflect who we really are in Jesus, that we may impact other lives to live for him, to walk with him. I want to thank you three that shared your testimony about your mother. Thank you. What a great time to just stand before a congregation and say, listen, my mama's it. My mama's it. My mama taught me. My mama loved me. My mother is a godly mother. What a testimony. Many more could have said that. I know that. But we didn't have time to let everybody speak up. But the ones who did served you well by talking about their mother. Let's pray together. Father, what a joy to be in your house today on this Mother's Day. And we do honor our mothers because you're Lord in their lives. We do honor them because of the impact they've had in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this day that has been set apart in the United States of America, that this is Mother's Day. Lord, we honor you and we honor our mothers. And our mothers honor you when they lead their children to Jesus. Thank you for mothers who do just that. I lift them to you that you'll give them wisdom, that you'll give them courage, that you'll give them patience, that their love will grow and grow stronger each day. And Lord, that you give them the wherewithal to be the kind of influence, the kind of mother, they ought to be. And may their influence go far beyond their household, household, but may it be understood and be impactful to the friends of their children, to the neighbors, to the friends of their husbands. Lord, use our mothers in a great way. We thank you for them, and we honor them today, but we give all the praise and all the glory the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, in his name we pray. Amen.